Hey, Camp Kids, welcome back to the Camp Kids podcast. I'm your host, Joe Bob, and I'm on a mission to bring together a community of camp people from all around the world. Whether you are currently in your camp career or it's been a while since you've been at camp, when you're with us, you're at home. If you aren't aware, April is Autism Awareness Month, and today I bring you a bonus episode about a camp that serves autistic youth. Kelly is the executive director and co-founder of Camp Encourage, a camp that specializes in serving youth with autism in the greater Kansas City area. Kelly began her camp experience at Wildwood Outdoor Education Center, and after working as a special education teacher, she had it in her heart to start this organization. Kelly talks about navigating through COVID summers and growing her staff, and how others can volunteer to be a part of these camps. So without further ado, let's meet Kelly. I am the executive director and one of the co-founders of Camp Encourage. We are a nonprofit located in the greater Kansas City area, serving youth both on the Missouri and Kansas side. Tell us a little bit about your background camp experience. Did you ever go to camp as a camper as well, or is camp just found its way into your professional life? So I did attend a small number of summer camps growing up only with my church. And then as I was wrapping up college, I decided to become a camp counselor at a not too far away overnight summer camp called Wildwood Outdoor Education Center. And as a young adult, it had a really big impact on my life. So since then, summer camps played a big role in my life or have held a special place in my heart. And then I also think that although they weren't camps that I attended as a child, my family primarily traveled by camping. We had a good old pop-up camper and hopped from state a national park to state to national park. And I think that too, just due to that as well. So I think that also had a big impact on my love for camping in general. Oh, that's incredible. And yes, I would say so. If it's a love in the family first, you're going to love it with other organizations and other people as well. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I must admit, I am new to Kansas City. I've not quite lived in Kansas City for a year yet, but I've heard Wildwood come up over and over again. Can you describe what that organization and what that camp was like and maybe some positions that you held while you were there as well? This was in the mid to late 90s, work really hard throughout the year to make sure that youth that otherwise would not be able to attend have the opportunity to attend. So it's got a beautiful, diverse population of campers that is great as well. Oh, that's awesome. What kind of things did you do when you were on staff at Wildwood? What did I do? Oh, all the usual things. <laughs> the date in a cabin with a small group of girls that I was assigned to. Activities there were focused on outdoor education. So we did pond studies and stargazing. We went canoeing with the campers, went on a, a little bit of a canoe adventure at a nearby river, roasting hot dogs by the campfire, singing songs, arts and crafts, just all the traditional usual things for you. And then, of course, the fun, too, of being a young adult nearly and then fresh out of college, connecting with other like people my age and hanging out at night once the campers went to sleep. Those were fond memories. Oh, it sounds like 
that was very, very centered in nature and in outdoor education, which is awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about what some of your duties are with your current position? So this of operating, we tried to make, just to kind of give you an idea of the services that we provide, the heart of what we do is providing overnight summer camps specifically for youth on the autism spectrum and also their peers, traditional camp experience. So we try to make it as normal as possible. So there's some hiking, there's swimming, there's some ropes course activities, mainly high ropes course, such as zip line. A lot of our activities are very choice-based so that our campers are not through activities, but they are actually going to activities that they're drawn to, that they're interested in, just also with the scope of the abilities of the campers that we serve. There might be a chess tournament going on in one space of the campgrounds, while the other side, there's maybe music therapy or art therapy activity going on. So there's not very different than any other type of camp experience. It's just more specialized, which is incredible. And you guys do utilize the Heartland Camp. Am, am I correct about that? Yeah, we do. This the Heartland actually, Center. Yes, we just returned from our first weekend camp yesterday. Prior to that, we had been at Tall Oaks Camp and Conference Center for 15 years and loved it as well. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I, my goodness, I live right across the street from Heartland Center. <laughs> I'm in the, I'm literally in the townhouses right across. I can see the sign when I drive out from it every day. I've still yet to go over there. It's, um, it's really beautiful. It's very hilly, um, which is, you know, stunning. Like I was standing at the top of one of the hills and just the sky was so clear Saturday night. Um, but at the same time, the hills are also cause it to be a little difficult to navigate the terrain. So we've got to figure that out as well. But yes, it is really beautiful. Is that also through the Heartland Center as well? Or do you guys bring in staff to do that? There are some activities that Heartland facilitates, the pool, and then there's other activities that we will bring in where we have either volunteers or professionals in the field come and facilitate. Okay, that's awesome. So you get a little bit of both. You've got some of the facilities experience, but you can bring in who you need to, to be able to provide the programs that you would like. Well, that's a great balance. Does your facility or does your organization utilize camp names when you guys are at camp? We have not ever done that. I've been finding some people do, some people don't. I think it's very interesting. Do you guys have any unique traditions that you guys have that you, that you would think that might set you apart from other camps? I was trying to think about that. I suppose like one thing that's pretty special is as our campers come in and they're pulling into camp, while other camps may have shout outs and microphones and announcements and clapping, like for many of our campers, that's pretty anxiety provoking. Their arrival is a little quieter, but one thing that we do that's special as they're arriving is we will either have volunteers lining up alongside the drive as they're quietly pulling in with signs, or we'll just have them planted in the ground that say things like, you are enough, you are welcome, you are loved just as you are, you are unique, all kinds of really beautiful statements. So as they're pulling in, I think it's just, it's been a great tradition and really special to hear people reflect on how meaningful it is to 
just be reminded of those statements of encouragement for sure. So that's one I would say it's kind of a tradition that's unique to Camping Courage. I will also say that we're kind of having to mix some things up now that we are at a different campground just because they either have a group at the same time. So we're not able to sort of have the same rhythm in our schedule. So it's been a challenge, but also a beautiful time to say, hey, let's revisit what we're doing and come up with new traditions or come up with new ways of, of doing this. And so it's that's kind of exciting also. But one thing we do at the end of the week is close out the week with simply a slideshow of photos for a lot of our campers. They may not be able to go home and verbally communicate. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that you guys are able to do that slideshow. Pictures are exactly not only how to just communicate, but also just how to promote camp. Do your campers typically come back summer after summer after summer, or they typically come for one summer and then leave a slot open for another camper the following summer? Yeah, we pretty high retention rate. We usually have somewhere between a 65 and 75% retention rate. So Many of them do come back. Some don't because they've aged out. Some don't because it's maybe not just a great fit for them. Maybe they don't love the outdoors or um, all that that brings. We have a, a good returning rate. We have two summer camps and due to the number of people interested, they're only able to attend once. And then we also have overnight camps. We call them overnight. It's just two days, one night, one spring and one in the fall, which is a really great way to fill the cups of those that have been there in the summer, right? And give them a continued dosage of camp. And a lot of them do come in the summer and then also for the weekend sessions. But it's also a really great opportunity for first-time campers that maybe have never, ever been away from home, away from a parent, not even stayed with like a relative or at a slumber party. It's a really great way for them to practice the one night before actually braving the summer three night session. I love that you guys keep them connected almost all year round. I also saw on your website that you have alumni camping as well. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? Aging out. And after we saw them coming to camp, that's heartbreaking. And so some of them would come back as volunteers anywhere for 10 to 25% of our volunteers are autistic adults, which is important to us. Um, uh, But we also just saw that while volunteering, it's still not quite the same as just simply being a camper. Um, and so we just have a two day, two or two day, one night experience, at least for now, where it's very similar to the camp growing up thing and reunite with those that they've seen summer after summer. So it's, I think that all facilities should have some type of outlet to keep their alumni connected either a throwback camp or alumni camp, something along those lines, just to keep your campers in the know as well. You've been an executive director for quite some time now. I would love to hear about what your role is when camp is in session and kind of what are some of the changes that you've seen over the years since you've been in this position? Sure, sure. So I would say by definition, I have probably just become that over the past maybe four or five years. I was directing the camp and handling all those details, managing volunteers, managing our database, managing our donors, um, marketing, social media, um, board development, board relationship, like all the things. Hired staff, most of which are either seasonal or part-time. I used to attend camp. I would, um, you know, be the director and be the 
go-to for everyone and everything and take care of all the details. This year of having a program director, Amy Garo, now I am just helping wherever help may be needed and getting to just experience the camp and meet beautiful humans that come to volunteer. I mean, I work really hard throughout the year, full-time, and so it's no, so nice to be able to be there and soak it up and enjoy it. So I've got a really sweet gig. That's awesome. I, I love hearing that. What are some changes that you've seen over your time being the executive director, um, either in the role that you have or just at camp in general? Hmm. Well, of course, lots of changes in my role and just in my position. One subtle change, it thankfully hasn't impacted us too big, just kind of in the trends of camping in the nonprofit sector is I think COVID caused people to say, gosh, I have a lot on my plate. Maybe I'll go down and not say yes to everything. And so we saw a slight decrease of volunteers, which for us, we rely really, really heavily on volunteers. Um, All of our counselors, our group leaders, a lot of our activity facilitators are all volunteers, which is is fantastic. I would also say, and, and I'm sure the camp sector is, this is not unusual to us. Always a big focus of our mission is to support emotional wellness, but we have definitely seen that increase over the past like three years. And so really being even more diligent to make sure that quality supports are in place to support campers because they need even more than they were needing it before. The encouragement, self-esteem boost strategies for managing emotions. We're just, again, I know we're not alone in that, but that's a, a change that has really stood out too. That I think is a thing that we have not only seen in the camping world, but everywhere where youth is impacted in the public education system and churches and everywhere. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Thank you. You mentioned navigating through COVID to, I have to ask, did you guys offer any programming in 2020 or 2021? So in 2020, we did not. And it was painful. We not, not in-person programming through the summer and through the fall. Our campgrounds actually closed for a period of time. Uh, and even our med staff, lead staff and our board of directors, we shifted and did virtual things that year. Those encouraging signs I mentioned before, go around and plop them in the camper's front yard. We sent a lot of handwritten notes and little care packages by mail. We held Zoom sessions and tried to keep our mission and our messages alive in the hearts of our our campers because we knew they were really, really needing it and really missing camp. And so that is what 2020 looked like for us. In 2021, we did return to camp. It obviously looked very different. Masks were present. Our very first time back, we didn't stay overnight because we didn't feel comfortable having them indoors. And so we slowly worked our way back to camp. As COVID shifted and rates rose and lowered, we just kind of rode the wave through it. We're continuing to move on strong. And it seems like it was so long ago also, but it wasn't too terribly long ago. (laughs) I agree. When it was in it, it seemed like forever. And now it seems like it was long ago. I agree to that. So would you guys say that your program is pretty much back to normal running since COVID then? Gosh, yeah, I, I would say this last session felt pretty normal. Um, we still are more 
aware and we have a heightened sense, I, I, I suppose, of um, caution. I, I, but but yeah, I feel like we we have returned to to normal, but but still really knowing that if to protect our but hopefully oh yeah, I agree to that. I was also at a camp out this last weekend and it felt pretty, you know, like it had been in the past just we washed our hands more and clean a little bit more maybe like yes. I don't know if I'll ever give that up but right, everything right. Else, pretty back to where at least what it should be for where we are right now so I think we also sort of like reminding one another let's not forget how wonderful this missing it was really miserable and so it's like that I think we can be so quick to forget and so there's times where I'm like looking at the stuff saying, don't forget what this was like to not have it. Like, let's make sure to just maintain that appreciation, right? I feel the same way when seeing live music, when seeing a theatrical production. I 100% agree. It's one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I was like, we got to stick together. We got to keep talking about camp and keep it moving forward after everything. So yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Well, that kind of leads into my next question. What keeps you coming back to camp summer after summer? Just the people, the feelings that, that you know, surface because of them, the campers, without doubt, but also the, the volunteers, my staff. What definitely keeps me and I think those that keep coming back year after year are just the people. People say heading back to camp or heading away from camp, life just isn't as good. That really stinks. So that. That definitely keeps me coming back. The people are what make it, for sure. Speaking of the people, who are some people who have inspired you along your camp journey, and what have they done to do that? Obviously, all of the campers. There are certainly some special campers throughout the year that have really inspired me and impacted me. At Wildwood, I don't know that I can think of any one particular person when I was there, but the community of people you know, were definitely a huge inspiration I don't know that I can think of any one really hugely impactful person in the camping community. Um, my grandmother years ago, who was an educator, was a huge impact on me. If I were to pick one influential person, it probably would be my grandma, Nellie Mae. Well, this is kind of a big question, a heavy hitter here, but I would love to know what is the most important lesson that you've learned from camp? Just that there is always more to the story. I think when you are placed somewhere where you are staying overnight with someone and in like a shared space, you have to figure out how to get along, how to resolve conflicts. And I think like at camp, you see youth being a lot more understanding and forgiving and full of grace because of that factor, right? Gosh, we're in this small confined space and I'm sharing, you know, that I'm sharing with you, but I think, I hope that they are learning that you cannot be quick to judge, um, and especially with youth with autism, by the volume of their voice, by their body language, by how they're reacting, until you really dig deeper and hear their story and gather more facts that are impacting them. Because it's often not the individual, right? It's, it's usually something that's occurred or something that they're experiencing. Oh, absolutely. I, that's a great reminder to myself. Like there's always more to the story. There's always something else that's there. When I think about my camp experience, never did I think that I would blank. 
yeah, I suppose like start a nonprofit. When I think about my like younger days at camp and then later becoming a camp counselor before entering like the field of education. In fact, there were times people nudged me and said, you need to be in the camp industry. And I really pushed them away because I was a special education teacher by training and I loved it and creating a nonprofit and staying here for this many years and seeing it grow. But I'm so glad I did. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I know many people in the camp world who only dream to do what you have done. Congratulations to you. And I mean, for how long that it's been going on, navigating through COVID and recessions and everything. I mean, that really is a big feat. So it is, but definitely cannot, cannot take credit for it. There have just been so many beautiful supporters and so many people that, you know, have rallied and just really believe in it. So really that's it. Never did I think that I would gain this force of love that could help it grow and continue like it is. You had mentioned in our emails that you went to the National American Camp Association Convention. I would love to hear about your experience there and some big things that you took away from that. Oh, sure. Yes. It was our second time attending. We actually became an accredited camp before COVID, right before COVID, so 2019, and it is so important, right? And so attending the conference is fun. Some of the most energetic, positive, enjoyable group of people, right? But my director and I, who went both times, were just taking tons of notes, getting great ideas, connecting. I think probably one of the best things about attending, connecting with other similar camps that serve special population. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So most of my experience is with Girl Scouting. And one of my friends who just went to the conference said like, yeah, you can kind of get together with some other Girl Scout camp people like before the conference starts. I was curious if they had a same thing for camps that serve kids with autism or anything like that, that also catered towards your camp and everything. They do. They have things just like she mentioned for Girl Scouts. They have some gathering meetings and trainings for those that serve special camps as well. And my program director got to do that. I think she did it for the, like a full day at a local camp that serves kids with special needs. And so they've got so many great resources, excellent staff willing and ready to, to help and support. They were absolutely instrumental in guiding us through COVID. If you could bring anything from camp into your everyday life, what would it be? Besides like the late night games of banana grams. Oh, <laughs> um, what would it be? So many things. Super general. I think I spoke to this earlier, just the the energy, the love, the kindness that is in that atmosphere is just not the same. I say we have it in our work environment just because we're used to that culture. But man, I wish when you walked into stores, when you walked into schools, that they had that same kindness, right? Just, man, I, I always think, I wish that the world could be more like Cambridge. Grown by about four times since our founding year and are hoping for more growth over the past few years, then maybe I will get to have more of that in my life. Are you guys wanting to eventually offer like more camping sessions and that sort of deal as well? We are. And the, the, what we have to navigate first is where we have sufficient volunteers, making sure that we have sufficient scholarship support, about 65 
percent of our campers come on full or partial scholarships. So we want to grow and not have the same quality support with volunteers and not have the same amount of scholarship support. And, and then of course, our third challenge is a location. I don't know whether Heartland will be able to have us for an additional summer camp. Oh my goodness. That would be amazing to be able to create and design your own campground. That would be incredible. Well, I hope that that is in the cards and is something that will be in your future. That would be absolutely amazing. So, yeah. Well, my final big question before I move on into some quick, fast questions is if you could change one thing about your camp experience, what would it be? I suppose one thing is I do. I like, I, I love, I've loved having camp at Tall Oaks Camp and Conference Center. I love Heartland. Welcomed us with open arms. So I suppose if I could change one thing, I would love to have our own campgrounds. Like that would be, that'd be pretty remarkable. And it would take away a lot of limitations. And it, again, it would allow us to design a space specifically with our campers in mind. I'll say that and dream big. Absolutely. Put it out there in the universe and hopefully maybe someone will listen and help make that dream a reality. Well, I'll move on here to my final questions. My first question I typically ask is what is your favorite camp song? But I guess I should ask, do you guys sing a lot of camp songs or do any of that sort of type of deal while you're at camp? We do. We don't usually gather as like a big group because it can be pretty overstimulating for our campers. There's definitely lots of singing at Camp Encourage. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, what is your favorite camp song? Fond memories of Boom Chicka Boom, just from my days at Wildwood. We had so much fun singing that. Um, So I think that's probably my number one. What is your favorite camp meal? Oh, yes. So at Camp Encourage... We have campers with a lot of sensitivities or some have special diets. Some are very brand specific, temperature specific. Meals can be kind of tricky to plan. So my absolute favorite meals are those that are sort of set up like a bar, right? So scrambled egg bar, a taco bar, a pizza bar, so that everybody can design their plate and put only the ingredients in touching or not touching that that they prefer. And for me personally, like I just love tacos and, and pasta. So those are definitely my favorite meals. I've never heard of a scrambled egg bar. And I'm wondering why I've never heard of that before, because it sounds brilliant. Right. Um, (laughs) That's breakfast for everyone served super easy. Exactly. I'm so glad that you shared that. That's great. My next question is, what is your favorite camp tradition? I suppose going back to the start of our conversation, I love seeing campers arrive. I love seeing them see those signs. I love hearing parents reflect on this, listening to their child read those statements on each of the signs. And I just love, love the entrance. I love that beginning moment when campers, cars are coming up the driveway. So again, maybe that's a tradition, but... I think it is just with the signage and everything. I think that's my favorite. That's my favorite moment of camp. My next question is what is your favorite program area at camp? Like archery or swimming or canoeing? Definitely think horseback riding. I will say we didn't have horses for a few years at Tall Oaks uh, during COVID and shortly after. And our campers really, really missed it. Um, So horseback riding, it's amazing see some of them communicate more 
Some of them feel a little more grounded when they're near the horses or after they've ridden, sometimes interacting, more more interactions while they're on the horse. There's just all kinds of beautiful benefits to riding. This big, just the self-esteem that unfolds. I just, I love it. I love horseback riding. I know not a lot of facilities offer horseback riding. So that's great that that is a real staple in your guys' program. That is so good to hear. Who should I interview next for the podcast? I am wanting to continue to diversify my guests and really unite this camp community together. For sure, for sure. Definitely someone at Wildwood, since I have mentioned them, and just so you could hear a lot of the beautiful things they're doing, especially pulling kids that otherwise would not be able to come into camp. They've got just a really great model. Oh, absolutely. I will take all of the suggestions. Thank you so much in advance for being able to do that. I greatly appreciate it. Where can people find you if they want to contact you or have questions for you or want to start their own non-for-profit camp? Sure, yes. <laughs> All of this good stuff. Our website is simply campencourage.org. And so my contact information, the rest of my staff's contact information can be there. And there were so many wonderful people that helped us in our early years. I always say I would love to pass on the love and, and support as well. So anybody that comes to me that you know, needs resource, wants to see a sample policy, um, wants to hear about what we're doing, you know, we'd we'd love to hear from them. I will make sure to link that in the show notes. Let's say some of our listeners are interested in volunteering. Can you kind of walk us through what that process looks like? Description of the variety of roles that we have volunteers at camp, before camp. If someone was interested, they would simply read through those descriptions, fill out an application online, and then they would hear from us. I think we do still have volunteer opportunities for most, if not all of the camp sessions, but not tons. Um, so I'd say act quickly. We would say, please apply and join our sweet little family. That's awesome. Is there any additional trainings that volunteers should be aware of? Yes, yes. Especially with the unique campers, there is an orientation. We do have a training that lasts, I think, about five or six hours. Well, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to be here on the Camp Kids podcast. I have absolutely enjoyed hearing about Camp Encourage. And since I'm literally right across the street from you all, if you ever need anything, do not hesitate to reach out. I would be more than happy to help in any way that I that I possibly can while you guys are out at that facility. Oh, so. that's, that's so very sweet of you. I appreciate it. All right, Camp Kids, that was Kelly. Make sure to contact them if you have any questions and check out all the links in the show notes. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let's keep the Camp Kids community growing by spreading it to others who are also a part of the camp community. Please leave a rating or review, preferably a five-star rating so that others can help find this podcast. Next week, we have a friend who I am talking from across the pond. That's right. They are from the UK and have come back to the United States for nearly 10 summers to attend camp. That's all that I have for you for now. But remember, this is good night and not goodbye. Goodbye.